Okay. Haha. <laughs> so I just want to recap just that third John two a minute, and then I'm going to start asking some questions from you guys. Third John two. Just I just want to repeat it because I want to get it on this tape after all. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And that word health, as I said before we started tonight, is the Greek word that includes to be sound, to be well, to be in good health, and to be free of any mixture of error. And and I wanted to sort of land on that mixture of error, to be free of mixture of error, because what do we know about when you mix law and grace? You get death. You get darkness. And so part of what God is doing is releasing us from this mixture of law and grace because the grace overcomes the law. It has, it has replaced the, the concept of the law and we therefore, if we live under the law, we're living in error, which brings darkness, which brings sickness, which brings disease, which brings a sense of unworthiness. And that has to go. Because our soul is that place where our feelings, our desires, our affections, and our aversions reside. We also call that the heart. And so if the breath of life is part of that vital force that constitutes our soul, the breath of life should drive out the darkness, the sickness, the disease. Especially as we become free of error, as we're moving down the road to freedom. And so tonight, as you were listening to those those songs, I expect that some of you had thoughts that popped up and, then, and wrote down, some of which you might want to contemplate as part of changing coming out of error some of them might have been actually thoughts that oh gosh that doesn't line up with grace so i had some questions but before i do that i want to hear what you guys wrote down so i am now free from sin and shame now free we're always free we're always free from sin and shame what puts us on what puts us in sin and shame the law but Jesus freed us from the law, so we're freed from sin and shame. What else? Instead of all things new. All things new? Instead of all things new, well, nothing really new. Nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun, but there is a newness to our awakening to it. We are no longer orphans. Come as you are. That's good. So do you remember that the second song it said, All that I am is God's? Do you believe that to be true? Because here's the follow-up question. If you believe it to be true, does that include your failures? Does that include your sickness? Does that include your disease? Does that include any shortcomings in our behaviors that we look at and go, yuck. Does it? Because if it does, there's freedom in that. There's healing in that. See, but that legalistic mindset says, 
all the good stuff is God's, all the bad stuff is not. And so we create division and separation right out of the box. And a house divided can't stand, right? It's like law and grace. So as you, even this weekend, as you ponder that, you know, I've had failures in my life. I have shortcomings in my life. And if those belong to him, I can take a breath and relax. Because he'll change them from the inside out. If I have a physical condition, he'll change it. Because the shortcoming of a physical issue belongs to him. I know Carol has ringing in the ears. John, you have some ear issues. I know Greg has some some hearing issues. Those belong to him. And if they belong to him, what does he want to do? He wants to heal. Yes. And so as I come to that place in my mind that, wait a minute, any physical condition that I'm experiencing, if it belongs to him, if I hold on to it, that's error. The struggle is between realizing that it belongs to him and the manifestation of the victory. Our mind goes, and that's okay. As long as we come back to, but God, it belongs to you. We will see the victory. And one of the songs talked about being free from sin. What's sin? What is sin? Is it moral failure? Or is it darkness of thought and error? We're going to talk more about this on Sunday, but if it's, if it's moral error, then we're back under the law. But if it's a darkness that needs to be reawakened to the light of truth, then that's a renewing of the mind. Yeah, that, that word, those words, let there be light. Yes. So if there's light, that belongs to us. It does. And where is that light? It's in you. Do you believe the light of, is in you? Because he says... I am in the Father, the Father's in me, I am in you, and you are in me. So where's the light? It's in us. What kind of power is in that light? Power? Yeah. Power to do what? Heal. Change our, our behaviors, to change our thought patterns. It's already there. I don't know about you, but I'm getting happy just talking. Light be. Light manifest in our darkness. Light upstage our shortcomings. I mean, there's life in, our, in light. There's health in light. So then the question is, does life restore? Does light restore? Sure it does. Does it restore us in spirit? Does it restore our soul? Does it restore our body? Do I grab hold of that? 
Are we intentional about that? It's intentionality. Can I see myself? I was pondering this today. You know, Scripture talks about imagination. Can I see myself whole? Can I see myself healed? Can I see the light penetrating those places of my body that needs life to be restored? Because Scripture talks about vain imaginations, so if they're vain imaginations, there must also be good imaginations. But what are we taught? Oh, no, you know, you can't exercise your imagination because that's going to lead to a vain imagination. Yes. Yes. And he, we're not taught that. No, but I'm losing it in you tonight. Yes. Be creative. I made a I made a dream board at home, and um, I've got all kinds of pictures on it. And the other day, it's pretty cool. And the other day, I, I heard God say, "I want you to put more pictures on your dream board." Cool. And that's creative thinking. You know, it's places to go, things to do, things I've never done. Yes. And they're a reminder to. Yes. That I've asked for these things. I can visualize them. So why not believe we're going to receive? There you go. Amen. And do you ever? And as you're contemplating, do you ever sense that that day's coming when it's going to pop? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, the day's going to be when you walk in here without your hearing aids and you're not going to be getting taking, a, taking any shots for it. Yeah, from me. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be free. You will. You can all take black shots if you want. So, and one of the songs had the line, you have my heart and I have yours. Yeah. Do you believe that? Mm-hmm. Does he have your heart? And do you have his? And again, if there's a hesitation there, if there's a hesitation to believe that I have the heart of God in me, it's because of I'm probably making a value judgment about my behaviors and my choices that I've experienced in the past. And I'm looking at those and going, yuck. And therefore I say, yeah, he may have mine, but I don't really have his. But that's an error. Right? Because if I'm in him and he's in me, our hearts have to be connected. There is no separation. And so those are the things he's in the process of changing in our consciousness. And then I wrote down this question. What chains has he undone in your life? Followed by... What chains is he still undoing in your life? Chains go. They can't stay. You can make a dream board about the chains you want going through. You can. 
You can make that dream board about those chains, those chains are breaking in my life. And, and just to kind of reinforce that, let's go to look, look at a few scriptures here. You got your mirror Bibles with you tonight? Uh, I'll read them for you then. How's that? We're going to go to John chapter 10. And this is where he starts to lay out in verse 30. My Father and I are one. Do you believe that? Do you think? Okay, then if you believe that, then if you look at verse 38, but if I do, then even if you do not believe me, believe the works that I do, you will be convinced that the Father is in me and I am in Him. So he is repeating this theme. God and I, God the Father, God the Son are one manifested through the Holy Spirit and His oneness with them at the same time. So then if you go to John 14, verse 17, it says, Your eternal companion is the Spirit of truth who cannot be grasped by the world since their vision horizon is veiled, but they are not able to understand what they cannot see. But you know because you are already acquainted with the Spirit in me, this same spirit will reside within you. Sure. Your eternal companion is the spirit of truth who cannot be grasped by the world since their visual horizon is veiled and they are not able to understand what they cannot see. And then verse 18 says, At no time will you be orphaned and abandoned by me, I come to abide face to face with you. Interesting. We're going to talk about that on Sunday. Face to face. And verse 19, In yet a little while, and the world will no longer see me, but I will be tangibly visible to you in the very life we share together. And verse 20 is, In that day you will know that we are in seamless union with one another i am in the father you are in me and i am in you does that sound like union or does that sound like separation so what do we do every time a thought pops up that i'm separated from god what do i do if a thought pops up in my mind that i'm separated from god Mm-hmm. And the operative word is feel. So how do we com- combat the feeling? In that day you will know that we are in seamless union with one another. I am in my Father, you are in me, I am in you. God, I don't feel like I'm in you today, but the truth is I am in you. You are in me. Yep, that was kind of a stupid thing I did, Lord. But I am in you. You are in me. That's truth. So we combat feelings, we combat negative thoughts with truth. It's the process of renewing our mind. Having the error taken out with positive truth. 
And it's not that I'm naming it and claiming it. Jesus said it. If he said it, it has to be true. So I can go, yep, it was a tough day, Lord, but I'm in you. And the more we do that, the more we acknowledge that, the more it becomes real in us. Let me look at verse 21 a minute as well here. Whoever resonates and treasures the completeness of my prophetic purpose cannot but fall in love with me and also find themselves to be fully participating in my Father's love. And I will love this one and make myself distinctly known and real to each one individually. In this embrace of inseparable union, love rules. And what he's saying there is, when I respond by saying, God, I don't feel like I'm one today, but your word is true and I know I am one. And he says, I'll make myself known to you. My Father's love will resonate in you. God, I didn't feel love from my earthly father. That's okay, Terry, because my love is going to show you how good it is. My Father's love is going to show you how good it is. How good you are. And I'll make up for the shortcomings of what happened in the natural. Good stuff, huh? Yes. He comes to us to show each one of us different. Yes. The way we thought in the past, he comes to us and shows us individually a different Yes. He's not looking for cookie cutters. Yeah, right where we are. Yes. He goes, I know where you're at. I know what's going on. I'm going to show myself to you right now individually. I'm going to Ephesians chapter 1 a minute. Verse 4. And you see, we've been taught we have to make it happen, right? Listen to this verse. Ephesians 1, verse 4. God associated us in Christ before the fall of the world. Who did it? He did it. Jesus is God's mind made up about us. He always knew in his love that we would be present again face to face before him in blameless innocence. Norman, you're innocent. John, you're innocent. Carol, you're innocent. Susan, you're innocent. Terry, you're innocent. Before the foundation of the world. God is in me, all this other junk can be replaced, right? Yes, it falls away. It's going to take time. But it does. It's, it's an intentional focus, John, on truth. Yeah. An intentional focus on truth is, John, you are good. Yeah. You are good. <laughs> it's not about your behaviors. It's about before the foundation of the universe, no. he said, you are good. 
Yep. Good or bad. Yeah. But here's the news flash. It's a new day. And you deserve to live in truth. We all deserve to live in truth. No matter what the lies that have been told us, His light, His life, His love overpower those lies. And when a lie pops up, I have a choice to make. I can hold on to the lie and call that truth or I can go, that's a lie, this is truth. Mark those passages. I got another one for you. I'm having fun. You guys having fun? Sheesh. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Wow, Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2. Chapter 13, verse 2. It's the love chapter, right? I could predict the future in detail and have a word of knowledge for everyone. I could possess amazing faith and prove it by moving mountains. It doesn't make me any more important than anyone else. Love is who you are. You are not defined by your gifts or deeds. You're not defined by your behaviors. You're defined by love. You are loved. You are loved. I'm loved. Carol's loved. Norman's loved. Wow. You see, and we take, we take the love chapter and we, we tend to do what we were trained to do, which is evaluate, am I in love or out of love based on my behaviors? No. I've been declared in love since the foundation, before the foundation of the universe. This is just a, this is like the warm up for Sunday, guys. You might hear some of this again on Sunday. This is 1 John chapter 2, first, verse 1. My darling children, the reason I write these things to you is so you will not believe a lie about yourself. If anyone does believe a distorted image to, the, to be their reality, we have Jesus Christ who defines our likeness face to face with the Father. That's the third time tonight we've heard face to face. Fourth if you count the one song. He is our Parakletos, the one who endorses our true identity, being both the source and the reflection of the Father's image in us. Now, I went back to you. I asked you earlier, is all that I am, is it God's? So then, and I asked you about including my failures, my sickness, my disease my shortcomings, or anything else that comes up and says, well, see, see, you're really not like God. Do those belong to Him? They do. Did He cause them? No. But He took them. He took them. What's that? Yes. He took them. Verse 2. Jesus is our at one man, our atonement, he has conciliated us to himself and has taken our sins and distortions out of the equation. What he has accomplished is not to be seen as something that belongs to us exclusively, 
The same atonement includes the entire cosmos, the entire world. He did it for everyone. So if he did it for everyone, am I the exception to everyone? No. John, you're not the exception. The rule is he did it for you. He did it for your wife. He did it for your kids, for your grandkids. They may not know it yet. You're just coming into the full awakening of it. But you know what? He brought it to your to your consciousness. And if you have, and you know, if you're like us and have some wayward ones, he's working in them too. He's a covenant keeping God. Yes, Norman. Yes. All. See, he's not a halfway God. He doesn't do anything halfway. Yes. Yes, that's our darkness. He's not afraid of our darkness. He's not afraid of those distortions. Because he sees the truth all the time. Norman, did you have... That's why we don't have an altar here. Yes. We don't have to go on Sunday and go up front and pray. Yes. This is, verse, this is chapter 2 of 1 John, verse, verse um, 7. My beloved family, I know that the words I write to you here may not immediately remind you of the precepts of Moses. This does not mean that it is a new doctrine. It is the ancient conversation that echoes God's voice prophetically. It is indeed the very conclusion of the word which you have heard from the beginning. And verse 8 says, And yet it is a glorious new message that I am writing to you. You may ask, How can that which is old also be new? Herein is the secret of his newness. Whatever is true of Jesus is equally true of you. The days of the dominance of darkness as a reference to human life are over. The true light surely shines with bold certainty and illuminates your life and it is unveiled in Christ. See, grace is not a new doctrine. It's the foundational doctrine from before the beginning of the world. Our acceptance is foundational. And if I live a life rejecting the foundation, what's going to happen? I get a distorted image, and then what happens? What happens if I have a distorted image? I'm going to act that way. I'm going to act out of that distortion. But when the distortion is re- corrected, when you get a corrected lens so that your eyes are no longer distorted, what happens? You see, you see clearly. And then you're not running into things. <laughs> right? You're not misjudging, misreading because the corrected lens of Christ Himself is who we now look through. Amen? Questions about that? Because we're going to go into another worship set. But I, I like that. Um, whatever equals in Jesus is in us. Yes. How long does that take us to get that? It's like 
whatever equals in him is in us because he's in us. Yes. As he is. Think in our being because we are in Yes. As he is, so am I in this world. It is so much clearer now. It is just like, wow. And it gets a little more clearer every time we focus on it. Right? 